today's selection from Calvert Library's Digital Collection, The Selection, by Kira Cass. When we got the letter in the post, my mother was ecstatic. She had already decided that all our problems were solved, gone forever. The big hitch in her brilliant plan was me. I didn't think I was a particularly disobedient daughter, but this was where I drew the line. I didn't want to be royalty, and I didn't want to be a one. I didn't even want to try. I hid in my room, the only place to avoid the chattering of our full house, trying to come up with an argument that would sway her. So far, I had a solid collection of my honest opinions. I didn't think there was a single one she would listen to. I couldn't avoid her much longer. It was approaching dinner time, and as the oldest child left in the house, cooking duties fell on me. I pulled myself out of bed and walked into the snake pit. I got a glare from Mom, but no words. We did a silent dance through the kitchen and dining room as we prepared chicken, pasta, and apple slices and set the table for five. If I glanced up from a task, she'd fix me with a fierce look as if she could shame me into wanting the same thing she did. She tried that every so often, like if I didn't want to take on a particular job because I knew the family hosting us was unnecessarily rude, or if she wanted me to do a massive cleaning when we couldn't afford to have a six come and help. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, and this was one area where I was unswayable. She couldn't stand it when I was stubborn, but I got that from her, so she shouldn't have been surprised. This wasn't just about me, though. Mom had been tense lately. The summer was ending, and soon we'd be faced with cold and worry. Mom set down the pitcher of tea in the center of the table with an angry thud. My mouth watered at the thought of tea with lemon. But I would have to wait. It would be such a waste to have my glass now and then have to drink water with my meal. Would it kill you to fill out the form? She said, no longer able to contain herself. The selection could be a wonderful opportunity for you, for all of us. I sighed aloud, thinking that filling out that form might actually be something close to death. It was no secret that the rebels, the underground colonies that hated Ilya, our large and comparatively young country, made their attacks on the palace both violent and frequent. We'd seen them in action in Carolina before. One of the magistrate's houses was burned to the ground, and a handful of twos had had their cars vandalized. There was even a magnificent jailbreak once. But considering they only released a teenage girl who managed to get herself pregnant and a seven who was a father to nine, I couldn't help thinking they were in the right that time. But beyond the potential danger, I felt like it would hurt my heart to even consider the selection. I couldn't help smiling as I thought about all the reasons I had to stay exactly where I was. These last few years have been very hard on your father, she hissed. If you have any compassion at all, you might think of him. Dad, yeah, I really did want to help Dad, and May, and Jared, and I supposed even my mother. When she talked about it that way, there was nothing to smile about. Things had been strained around here for far too long. I wondered if Dad would see this as a way back to normal, if any amount of money could make things better. 
It wasn't that our situation was so precarious that we were living in fear of survival or anything. We weren't destitute, but I guess we weren't that far off either. Our cast was just three away from the bottom. We were artists, and artists and classical musicians were only three steps up from dirt. Literally. Our money was stretched as tight as a high wire, and our income was highly dependent on the changing seasons. I remembered reading in a time-worn history book that all the major holidays used to be cramped into the winter months, something called Halloween, followed by Thanksgiving, then Christmas and New Year's, all back-to-back. Christmas was still the same. It's not like you can change the birth date of a deity. But when Ilya made the massive peace treaty with China, the New Year came in January or February, depending on the moon. All the individual celebrations of thankfulness and independence from our part of the world were now simply the Grateful Feast that came in the summer. It was a time to celebrate the forming of Ilya, to rejoice in the fact that we were still here. I didn't know what Halloween was. It never resurfaced. So at least three times a year, the whole family would be fully employed. Dad and May would make their art, and patrons would purchase them as gifts. Mom and I would perform at parties, me singing and her on piano, not turning down a single job if we could manage it. When I was younger, performing in front of an audience terrified me. But now, I just tried to equate myself to background music. That's what we were in the eyes of our employers, meant to be heard and not seen. Jared hadn't found his talent yet, but he was only seven. He still had a little time. Soon, the leaves would change, and our tiny world would be unsteady again. Five mouths, but only four workers. No guarantees of employment until Christmas time. When I thought of it that way, the selection seemed like a rope, something sure I could grab onto. That stupid letter could lift me out of the darkness, and I could pull my family along with me. I looked over at my mother. For a five, she was a little on the heavy side, which was odd. She wasn't a glutton, and it's not like we had anything to overeat anyway. Perhaps that's just what a body looks like after five children. Her hair was red, like mine, but full of brilliant white streaks. Those had appeared suddenly and in abundance about two years ago. Lines creased the corners of her eyes, though she was still pretty young and I could see as she moved around the kitchen that she was hunched over as if an invisible weight rested on her shoulders. I knew she had a lot to carry, and I knew that was why she had taken to being particularly manipulative with me. We fought enough without the extra strain, but as the empty fall quietly approached, she became much more irritable. I knew she thought I was being unreasonable now, to not even want to fill out a silly little form. But there were things, important things, in this world that I loved, and that piece of paper seemed like a brick wall keeping me away from what I wanted. Maybe what I wanted was stupid. Maybe it wasn't even something I could have. But still, it was mine. I didn't think I could sacrifice my dreams, no matter how much my family meant to me. Besides, I had given them so much already. I was the oldest one left now that Kenna was married and Coda was gone, and I did my best to contribute. We scheduled my homeschooling around my rehearsals, 
which took up most of the day since I was trying to master several instruments as well as singing. But with the letter here, none of my work mattered anymore. In my mom's mind, I was already queen. If I was smart, I would have hidden that stupid notice before Dad, May, and Jared came in. But I didn't know Mom had it tucked away in her clothes, and mid-meal, she pulled it out. To the house of Singer, she sang out. I tried to swipe it away, but she was too quick for me. They would find out sooner or later anyway. But if she did it like this, they'd all be on her side. Mom, please, I pleaded. I want to hear, May squealed. That was no surprise. My little sister looked just like me, only on a three-year delay. But where our looks were practically identical, our personalities were anything but. Unlike me, she was outgoing and hopeful, and currently very boy-crazy. This whole thing would seem incredibly romantic to her. I felt myself blush. Dad listened intently, and May was practically bouncing with joy. Jared, sweet little thing, he just kept eating. Mother cleared her throat and went on. The recent census has confirmed that a single woman between the ages of 16 and 20 currently resides in your home. We would like to make you aware of an upcoming opportunity to honor the great nation of Ilya. May squealed again and grabbed my wrist. That's you! I know you, little monkey. Stop before you break my arm. But she just held my hand and bounced some more. Our beloved Prince Maxim Screve, Mom continued, is coming of age this month. As he ventures into this new part of his life, he hopes to move forward with a partner to marry a true daughter of Ilya. If your eligible daughter, sister, or charge is interested in possibly becoming the bride of Prince Maxim and the adored Princess of Ilya, please fill out the enclosed form and return it to your local province services office. One woman from each province will be drawn at random to meet the prince. Participants will be housed at the lovely Ilya Palace in Angela's for the duration of their stay. The families of each participant will be generously compensated, she drew out the words for effect, for their service to the royal family. I rolled my eyes as she went on. This was the way they did it with sons. Princesses born into the royal family were sold off into marriage in an attempt to solidify our young relations with other countries. I understood why it was done. We needed allies, but I didn't like it. I hadn't had to see such a thing, and I hoped I never would. The royal family hadn't produced a princess in three generations. Princes, however, married women of the people to keep up the morale of our sometimes volatile nation. I think the selection was meant to draw us together and remind everyone that Ilya itself was born out of next to nothing. The idea of being entered into a contest for the whole country to watch as the stuck-up little wimp picked the most gorgeous and shallow one of the bunch to be the silent, pretty face that stood beside him on TV? It was enough to make me scream. Could anything be more humiliating? Besides, I'd been in the homes of enough twos and threes to be sure I never wanted to live among them, let alone be a one. 
except for the times when we were hungry. I was quite comfortable to be a five. Mom was the cast climber, not me. And of course he would love America. She's so beautiful, Mom swooned. Please, Mom, if anything, I'm average. You are not, May said, because I look just like you and I'm pretty. Her smile was so wide, I couldn't contain my laughter. And it was a good point because May really was beautiful. It was more than her face, though, more than her winning smile and bright eyes. May radiated an energy, an enthusiasm that made you want to be wherever she was. May was magnetic, and I honestly wasn't. Jared, what do you think? Do you think I'm pretty? I asked. All eyes fell on the youngest member of our family, no! Girls are gross. Jared, please. Mom gave an exasperated sigh, but her heart wasn't in it. He was hard to get upset with. America, you must know you're a very lovely girl. If I'm so lovely, how come no one ever comes by to ask me out? Oh, they come by, but I shoo them away. My girls are too pretty to marry fives. Kenna got a four, and I'm sure you can do even better. Mom took a sip of her tea. His name is James. Stop calling him a number. And since when do boys come by? I heard my voice getting higher and higher. A while, Dad said, making his first comment on all of this. His voice had a hint of sorrow to it, and he was staring decidedly at his cup. I was trying to figure out what upset him so much boys coming by? Mom and me arguing again? The idea of me not entering the contest? How far away I'd be if I did? His eyes came up for the briefest of moments, and I suddenly understood. He didn't want to ask this of me. He wouldn't want me to go, but he couldn't deny the benefits if I managed to make it, even for a day. America, be reasonable, Mom said. We have to be the only parents in the country trying to talk our daughter into this. Think of the opportunity. You could be queen one day. Mom, even if I wanted to be queen, which I thoroughly don't, there are thousands of other girls in the province entering this thing. Thousands. And if I somehow was drawn, there would still be 34 other girls there, no doubt much better at seduction than I could ever pretend to be. Jared's ears perked up. What's seduction? Nothing, we all chorused back. It's ridiculous to think that with all that, I'd somehow manage to win, I finished. My mother pushed her chair out as she stood and leaned across the table toward me. Someone is going to, America. You have as good a chance as anyone else. She threw her napkin down and went to leave. Jared, when you finish, it's time for your bath. He groaned. May ate in silence. Jared asked for seconds, but there weren't any. When they got up, I started clearing the table while Dad sat there sipping his tea. He had paint in his hair again, a smattering of yellow that made me smile. He stood, brushing crumbs off his shirt. Sorry, Dad, I murmured as I picked up the plates. 
Don't be silly, kitten. I'm not mad. He smiled easily and put an arm around me. I just... You don't have to explain it to me, honey. I know. He kissed me on my forehead. I'm going back to work. And with that, I moved to the kitchen to start cleaning. I wrapped my mostly untouched plate under a napkin and hid it in the fridge. No one else left more than crumbs. I sighed, heading to my room to get ready for bed. The whole thing was infuriating. Why did Mom have to push me so much? Wasn't she happy? Didn't she love Dad? Why wasn't this good enough for her? I lay on my lumpy mattress, trying to wrap my head around the selection. I guess it had its advantages. It would be nice to eat well for a while, at least. But there was no reason to bother. I wasn't going to fall in love with Prince Maxim. From what I'd seen on the Ilya Capital report, I wouldn't even like the guy. It seemed like forever until midnight rolled around. There was a mirror by my door, and I stopped to make sure my hair looked as good as it had this morning and put on a little lip gloss so there'd be some color on my face. Mom was pretty strict about saving makeup for when we had to perform or go out in public, but I usually snuck some on nights like tonight. As quietly as I could, I crept into the kitchen. I grabbed my leftovers, some bread that was expiring, and an apple, and bundled it all up. It was painful to walk back to my room so slowly, now that it was late. But if I'd done it earlier, I would have just been antsy. I opened my window and looked out into our little patch of backyard. There wasn't much of a moon out, so I had to let my eyes adjust before I moved. Across the lawn, the treehouse stood barely silhouetted in the night. When we were younger, Coda would tie up sheets to the branches, so it looked like a ship. He was the captain, and I was always his first mate. My duties mainly consisted of sweeping the floor and making food, which was dirt and twigs stuffed in Mom's baking pans. He'd take a spoonful of dirt and eat it by throwing it over his shoulder. This meant that I'd have to sweep again, but I didn't mind. I was just happy to be on the ship with Coda. I looked around. All the neighboring houses were dark. No one was watching. I crawled out of the window carefully. I used to get bruises across my stomach from doing it the wrong way, but now it was easy, a talent I'd mastered over the years. And I didn't want to mess up any of the food. I scurried across the lawn in my cutest pajamas. I could have left my day clothes on, but this felt better. I supposed it didn't matter what I wore, but I felt pretty in my little brown shorts and fitted white shirt. It wasn't hard anymore to scale the slats nailed to the tree with only one hand. I developed that skill as well. Each step up was a relief. It wasn't much of a distance, but from here it felt like all the commotion from my house was miles away. Here, I didn't have to be anyone's princess. As I climbed into the tiny box that was my escape, I knew I wasn't alone. In the far corner, someone was hiding in the night. My breath sped. I couldn't help it. I set my food down and squinted. The person shifted, lighting an all but unusable candle. It wasn't much light. No one in the house would see it. But it was enough. Finally, the intruder spoke, a sly grin spreading across his face. Hey there, gorgeous. If you enjoyed this chapter and are hungry for more, 
This title is available in ebook and audiobook through Libby by Overdrive and audiobook through Hoopla. If you're enjoying Book Bites, please don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if there are books or genres you'd like to hear, email us at calvertlibrarybookbites at gmail.com to let us know. Visit calvertlibrary.info for more information and stay tuned for more Book Bites.